Well, good morning, Salem Heights. Welcome to church this morning. And if you're a first time guest, thank you so much for joining us as we worship the Lord together. We'd love for you to uh, learn more about us by visiting our website, SalemHeightsChurch.org. There you can find uh, what we believe and what we have going on uh, right now at the church. Uh, this Wednesday is our next fireside gathering, and so I would love to invite you to jump online to our church website and register for that event. Uh, it's going to be a great night of fellowship and worship and time in the Word, and so I hope that you can join. It's a kid-friendly event, so you're welcome to bring your family and enjoy some time with other Salem hiders here in our parking lot. Well, this morning, we are really excited for you to join us as we worship the Lord and as we hear from His Word. It is good to be together, and I hope that you're encouraged today. Victoria. 
God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious.
began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the God, you are good. You are so great. You are so mighty. God, you own the entire universe. You never had a beginning and you never will have an end, God. And yet you are mindful of us. God, you think about us. God, your grace is overwhelming. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you, God, for what you are doing in our lives, even in this season as it's growing us and it's causing us to come closer to you, to draw near to you, knowing that you will draw near to us. Jesus, we ask today that as you speak loudly through your word, that we would listen and that we would would see where you desire for us to apply to our lives. God, thank you so much. We love you. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. These have been challenging times, but the body of Christ has proven itself resilient. We've gathered in different ways, in different places, yet stood steadfast as the church. 
we have found peace in God's promise to never leave us or forsake us. In our separation, we have remained united. In our struggle, we have lived out our faith. In the midst of the unknown, we have leaned on the strength of an all-knowing God. Throughout history, the church has thrived in adversity. And this moment is no different. The power of God is unstoppable. His love unending. His grace unrelenting. His glory undeniable. Today, no matter where we gather, we remain God's people. Our mission has not changed. Our calling has not been altered. And nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever change that. We are the church, and today we stand resilient. Well, good morning, Salem Heights. I would like to start right off by asking that question. Do others believe that you are resilient? Or maybe asked another way, what are the marks of resiliency? If people were going to watch what is going on in this world, would they see a group of people that are handling this differently than the rest of the world? Is the church different? And if so, how do they show that difference? We're going to take a little break from our series, The Faithful Prayers for Fractured Lives, just to pay attention to this passage uh, that I want you to turn to, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 3.8. It's a passage that has been very prominent at our church in uh, recent history. If you go to Monday night or Most Excellent Way, you've spent some time digesting this passage and having the Lord show you what this means uh, in your life. We're going to pay attention to it this morning. Titus 2, verse 11 through 3, 8. And we're asking the Lord to highlight for us what are the marks of not just resiliency, but what are the marks of a Christian in a season like we're experiencing. Titus 2, 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all men training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. 
But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works we've done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy. And I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. This is God's word. Um, Paul is writing here to Titus, to a young man who is trying to be at work in the church and do effective things. And he says some stuff repetitively in here. And I just want you to notice three things in this passage. And then I want to make two declarations. Three things I want you to notice that stood out to me as I was studying this passage. And I think they're helpful if we're going to wrap our mind uh, around what it is uh, that Titus is being asked to consider or what he's being asked to proclaim to his people in the season that he was living in. First, I want you to notice the name of the book. This book is titled Titus. Now, when we read this in our context, quite often we just read this, we say flip to Titus, and we think, well, it's just another book of the Bible. We don't think about that name in its early church context. But this is actually a pagan name. This wasn't a regular Jewish name. It wasn't a name that would have come up in Christianity on a regular basis. Titus was a pagan name, and in fact, it was a prominent name at that time, and one that would have been heard, when they heard the name Titus, they would have attended that name with fear. Um, Rome had a Titus. He was a tyrant. He was a leader. He was one that was attacking the church. It was Titus who came in and finished the siege of Jerusalem in AD 70. Uh, just a, a year after this book would have been circulated or around that time, Titus comes in. Jerusalem had been under siege. Uh, the, he would have finalized the attack. Men and women were killed. They were starved. The temple was torn down brick after brick. All of the gold that had been uh, flowing through the city because they had lit that place on fire. The, the Roman guards, uh, all of the uh, army had come in and actually in their search for that gold and trying to get at it, they took all of the stones one off of the other. It was completely razed to the ground. It was destroyed. Titus was the leader in that moment of that attack. He was a tyrant. When Vesuvius blew in AD 79, he goes from just being a tyrant and one of Rome's leaders to the leader. He becomes Caesar. In fact, he would go on to establish a famous place called the Colosseum. And in that place, Christians would go to be killed. This is the Titus whose name was prominent at that time. Now, there was another Titus. He was a young pastor that was working alongside of Paul. So you're writing to two uh, to a name uh, that represents two different types of people. And I would ask you, how would you know the difference? How would you describe the difference between Titus, the Roman emperor, and Titus, the Christian pastor? Would you say, well, they believe different things? Would you say, well, uh, they kind of 
thought about different stuff or they ran in different circles? Or would you begin to describe the difference between Titus the emperor and Titus the pastor through their actions? Paul is telling Titus, I want you to be about good works. Why? Because the trail that it leaves behind identifies what it is that you stood for. Notice Titus is, is the one that is, uh, this book is written to. But notice also, uh, it says in verse 8, the verse that we're focusing on, it says, this saying is trustworthy and I want you to insist on these things. Whenever you hear Paul using words like, this is trustworthy, or if he says, I want you to insist, or say it over and over again, or when Peter comes up and says, I want to reaffirm this in your pure mind, I'm bringing it up over and over again, they are speaking about a subject that we will consistently lay aside through the course of our week, our year, in our, uh, uh, the process of being uh, active in the Christian life, we'll just start to slowly forget some truths while we're pursuing other things. He says, I want to bring this back to your mind. I want you to remember this is a trustworthy statement. You may think, I'm going to argue with it, he says, but bank on this. I'm about to tell you something that you need to know. This is what God wants you to be about, and I insist that you bring it up. Well, what is that thing? He says, I want you to be to insist that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. An important word there, to be careful to devote. Um, when uh, the Jewish Septuagint was written, that is the translation of the Hebrew scriptures into the Greek. Uh, there actually uh, is a translation of this exact same word in Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40 verse 17, it says, As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. You are my help, my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. At the end of Psalm chapter 40, as the psalmist is working through all of the trial that he is facing, he says, I may be in the midst of a horrible situation, but God has taken thought of me. Uh, same word that's translated here, uh, be careful to devote. Um, why is that important? Because if God is thinking about you in the midst of your crisis, you just know that he doesn't just think about it, but he's thinking about you in order to act. We praise him that he always acts just on time. He was saying, I want to make sure that you put this in the forefront of your mind, that you are careful to be thinking about it, that you're devoting yourself to something, and that is an action, not just devoting yourself to a, a set of principles, not just devoting yourself to a new way of thinking. I want you to set the trajectory of your life towards good works. I need you to put this in the forefront of your mind. How is it that you can bless the world right now? He says, it is trustworthy. This is what God wants you to be about. I insist that you bring it up. That is an important statement to Paul. It was important for Titus to hear, and it was written in Scripture because it's important for us to dwell on. What would Paul have us understand? What would Scripture have us do? I just want to make these two observations. The first thing that I note in this passage is that good works require a change of heart. 
In verse uh, 2.14, it says he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Verse 3 of chapter 3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions. It looks back into our old life and says, We used to be known for doing all these other wicked things. It is just as important that we are known today for this new direction. Why? Because it reveals a change of heart. We have been transformed by something that is far greater than what the world has to offer. Christ has redeemed us. He has transformed us. This matters right now more than ever. The world is overwhelmed. They are desperate to see something that is significant. They're desperate to see someone who has hope. They're desperate to see somebody who seems to know the trajectory that they can take to land in a place of peace, to, to find their way through all the smoke that is in our world right now. Good works require a change of heart, and we don't change our heart by looking backward to the old life and craving it. There's no looking back. I was uh, reading an article and they were talking about uh, having a snowmobile class. And in that snowmobile class, they had an instructor that was up front of the guy that was writing the article said that they were all excited. They got there, the snow was thick. Uh, it was gonna be an amazing day. So it had been snowing during the course of the week, but all of a sudden the sun is shining through, uh, broke through the clouds and it was a beautiful day. And as they are uh, all getting on their machines, um, he began to look around and he noticed something intriguing. They're, they're getting ready to start their machines. They had already done their orientation. They were going to follow their leader uh, into a, a, on a track to take them out to a place where they could all practice some of the skills they had been uh, working on. But he noticed that in all of the machines that the students had, there were no rear view mirrors. Only on the leader's machine was there a rear view mirror. And he asked the leader, why is there no rear view mirrors on our machines? And he says, because when you begin to focus on what's going on behind you, you lose, you get distracted on what you should be focused on, and you wreck the machine. Don't look back. There's nothing backwards that will help you. He said, the only thing that's going to help you is focusing on the leader. You follow me, and I'll make sure you get where you need to go. We don't look backwards. That's what Paul is saying. We used to be this, but now I want you to focus on what Christ would have us be about. But we also need to see that there is a calling in the midst of a crisis. If we have a transformed heart, it's not just that we're trying to look our way out of this and find out how can we get safe, but there actually is a space right now for us to hear the call of God. Is it possible that in the midst of this crisis, instead of it just being about you and I, feeling safe, having peace, what if instead it is about a call that God wants to spark something in our heart that will lead to a lifelong change? There is a call in the midst of a crisis that, that where God begins to look at us and say, you know that struggle you're feeling, that anxiety you're feeling, that overwhelmed sense, I want you to meet that need in the world. What if this moment, this crisis is actually a blessing? Let's watch this video and consider that thought.
May God bless you with discomfort. Discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger, anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears. Tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. May God bless you with foolishness Enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world. So that you can do what others claim cannot be done. So Salem Heights, this is what I want to ask you. Um, in that video clip, you have somebody who is in a coffee shop and they're just thinking that at the beginning they're, they're working through some thoughts, but those thoughts lead to an action. That fourfold blessing is one that if you were just to read it, it might be a little bit arresting. Uh, would I really pray that in my own life? Or would I say, hey, this is a blessing you're receiving in your life when you see tears come, when you see that uh, agitation happen because of what's going on in the world but what if God is using these moments to stir us to an action that will best put him on display? And it's an activity that we would not have taken up unless this crisis had happened. It took the crisis to energize us. We're seeing people all around the United States that instead of just being participating in the bad news, they are actually actively participating in the good news. They're being good news in order to share good news. And it took this crisis to stir them to action. Is it possible that God is doing that in your life? That the changed heart that he has already begun to work out in you is resulting in a new activity? Good works require a changed heart, but also good works display our hope. The, the effort that we put out matters to other people. In uh, May 7th, 2019, uh, USA Today actually did an article on an Aeroflot flight, uh, a crash that had happened where 41 people died. 
In that uh, article, you can actually see the remains of a plane. They were able to get it down to the ground. There were people that were still alive inside there. But what they said was, as people were trying to get to the entrance, there's fire all around them. There's uh, the impact that has uh, hurt many of the passengers. As they were heading toward the exits, people began to grab their luggage. They were reaching out after their stuff instead of helping their neighbor. And 41 people uh, burned up in that fire. 41 people died, and many believe that that number would have been greatly reduced had people let go of their stuff and focused on their neighbor. I think we're in a situation that is similar. There are many people around us right now that are in need, and we're so worried many times as a nation about getting back to what we used to have, about participating in certain things, about having our way, that we're forgetting the culture around us that is crying out. Instead of helping our neighbor, we're focused on our experience, on our stuff. And God says here, I want you to insist. This is trustworthy. Focus on this. You do good works. And that will put me on display in a season like this. Our effort matters to others, but also our efforts should display light. There's actually a cable that's really popular right now. It's a fiber optic cable. This fiber optics is one of the most efficient ways to be able to communicate information. But a fiber optic cable is actually useless if it's not conducting light. That cable needs to be conducting light in order for its use to be fulfilled. It's the same with Christians. Our life is not filled with usefulness unless we're conducting light, unless we are transmitting the gospel to those around us, unless we are sharing the truth of the cross to a world that is hurting. We get entry to be able to share the gospel by doing good works. They go hand in hand. We need to be good news in order to share good news. This is what I would have you consider this morning. What is it that God is calling you to do? Not a program that we're starting at the church, not something new, although we have provided opportunities for you to be involved in the community on our website. We're asking you to consider joining us in some efforts that are already going on in the community, ways where you can put your faith on display. But I'm asking you to consider in your small groups, in your homes, or just in your living room this morning, what is it that God is asking you to do? Not so that you can be seen by a bunch of other people, but so that you can stand in front of Christ someday and say, this is what my life produced in that season. You're going to hand him your life and the efforts that, uh, that came out of you are going to be on display on that day. What will you hand him? Three questions for you this morning, church. And the first one is this. Why do you think Paul, Peter, and other scripture writers believed that we needed to be reminded how to act? Why is it that he says, insist on these things? Secondly, what needs are most prominent in your circle of influence? What would Christ have you do about them? There are people around you that have great needs, and in each of our, need, our circle, we may be in a stage of life where we're seeing people that have kids or we're in the retirement age or we're around some people that are uh, at the hospital or in other uh, such scenarios. What is going on in that circle of influence where you walk uh, 
What are the needs specifically present there and how can you minister to that group in this season? And finally, what thought or belief from the old life? Paul has them listed there in verse 3 of, of chapter 3. But what thought or belief from the old life keeps invading on you today and holding you back from acting as Christ would have you act? Consider these things, and I would ask, in your prayer time, ask the Lord to give you not only clarity on what to do, but the heart to do something that will put him on display, not just this week, but in the rest of this season. We need to insist that those around and stir up love and good deeds in our neighbor. We need to be about good works so that we can put the gospel on display. I pray that you have success in that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these words and we do ask that uh, this week you would be on display, that it would be, Father, very evident in the outcome of our lives that we have been considering what it is you would have us do. You have called us to good works. Uh, scripture says that this needs to be in the forefront of our mind, that we need to be like you. When you begin to think on a problem or a group of people, you don't think about them without acting. Father, help us to think about the needs in our world and also to be men and women of action. Help us to follow through, to do good works in order that we can put the gospel on display. Help the, the gospel to be on the forefront of our lips that we might proclaim the reason why our hearts have changed. Father, in this season, I pray, instead of us being found whining, complaining, or focusing on our own desires, help us to be putting you on display in a way that causes others to have hope and peace. We pray this in Jesus' name.